0: Your final UCAS choices, preparing for university, and making life-size decisions. My name is Jonathan Tineke, and this is Better Uni Choices. This week, we look at how to make your final UCAS choices, narrowing those choices from five to two universities. We look at two excellent resources for helping you prepare for your big move to university, and we look at a simple model for making life-size decisions. Just be happy, smart, and useful. So let's start with making your final UCAS choices. As I write, many of you will be receiving offers from your chosen universities. It's a nervous time and while some of you will be getting offers promptly within days of applying, others may need to wait weeks or even months for a decision. So when you get all these decisions from universities, what happens next? Well, the response is now up to you. The universities will all be hoping you'll choose them. They'll be sending you emails, inviting you to visit days, perhaps even sending you a brochure or two in the post. But the reality is that the power now rests with you. You get to choose which offers to accept. So, how does it all work, and what should you be thinking about as you accept your offers? Well, the summary is this. You get to accept two offers. One is your firm choice, and if you get the grades for this choice, your place is guaranteed. The other is your insurance choice, so if you miss out on your firm choice but get the grades for this choice, you'll be off there instead. Simple? Well, yes, but of course there are a few more things to think about. Firstly, you don't have to make any decisions until all of your universities have made their decisions. Until this happens, you don't have to make a choice, no matter how hard the university tries to pressure you. Once you have all the university decisions, UCAS will let you know the deadline for making your decision. For most of you, if you've applied by the recommended deadlines, the university should make all of their decisions by 16th of May. You then have until 6th of June to make your choices. If you applied late, there may be different dates that apply to you. To be certain, check UCAS track for your personal deadline. Secondly, you want to be really sure that you fully understand the offer that you have received from each university and what that offer means for you. Normally you'll be receiving conditional offers, which mean you have to get specific grades in A-levels or other qualifications to get in. But you may also have other conditions like English language qualifications, where there are a variety of ways for you to meet the requirements. Make sure you understand these and contact the universities if anything is unclear. Some universities may issue you with an unconditional offer. This will normally mean that you don't have to achieve any further results. But before you accept one of these, they may still expect you to complete your course. Check if you're not sure. Also, some universities might write to you and make you a conditional-unconditional offer. I know, complicated, right? What this usually means is that you have to accept them as your firm choice in order to get that unconditional offer. Otherwise, if you make them your insurance choice, the conditions will apply. More importantly, reflect on what would need to happen for you to meet the grade conditions of your offers. Would you need to put in loads and loads of study and for everything to go perfectly on the day of each exam? Or are there some conditions that are so straightforward you could meet them even on a bad day? If you don't know your predicted grades from your school and are unsure what they expect you to achieve, talk to your teachers. Make sure that they think your expectations are realistic and that you're not kidding yourself about what you can achieve. Next, Consider what further information you need in order to choose your firm and insurance acceptances. Perhaps you need to visit the university, or to visit it again. Maybe you need to check out more detail about the course, its content and its structure. Perhaps you need to find out more about where you're going to live, or about the location and the cost of living. If so, now is the time to start digging deeper into your university research. Obviously you can check out the websites, but here are a whole load of other possibilities. You could go to the University Applicant Visit Days. I talk all about these in episode 28 of this podcast. You could go online and chat with a current student. Most universities nowadays use a platform called Unibody through which you can contact their student ambassadors. Just look out for a link or a pop-up on their website which says chat to a student or something similar. You could have a look at some student reviews on sites such as WhatUni and UniCompare, though I would suggest listen to episode 8 for some cautionary advice on this. And you might even want to have a look at some league tables, rankings and university guides available in the press. Again, if so, have a listen to episode 32 before you do. Whatever you do, do this research thoroughly so that there are no surprises when you start your course. As a little aside, did I ever tell you about my fellow student studying law at Edinburgh? He was the only English student on the course because he genuinely didn't know that Scots law was different from English law until day one of the course. Yep, that is a true story. Don't be that guy. Finally, be super clear on what firm and insurance choices mean. And it's actually quite simple. Your firm choice is your first choice, the one you really want to go to. You've reflected on how achievable the conditions are, and this one is allowed to be optimistic. Why can it be optimistic? Well, three reasons. Firstly, you might do better in your exams than you, your parents and your teachers think. Secondly, you might not meet the conditions exactly. But the university might just offer you a place anyway. This happens to loads of students every year. And thirdly, you have an insurance choice anyway if things go wrong. So be optimistic, be aspirational. Just don't be totally delusional. And then there is your insurance choice. The clue is in the name. Insurance is for when things go wrong. It's there to give you a fallback if your results don't turn out as well as you'd hoped. So it should be an offer that you are rock solid you can achieve, and it should be a place that you're happy to go to if this happens. Normally, the insurance choice will be an offer with a lower grade than the firm choice. Perhaps one grade lower, perhaps several grades lower, depending on how aspirational your firm choice is. But what if your firm choice, the one you really want to go for, is the lowest offer you have? In this case, there are two possibilities. If your firm choice is a rock-solid offer that you can achieve even on a bad day, that's fine. You don't really need an insurance choice. If, however, all your offers are too high and too aspirational, you may just have to accept that your five choices were too ambitious. Put that mistake down to experience. In either case, just make your second choice your insurance choice. Just know that for you, your real fallback is not the insurance choice, but clearing That's not the end of the world, as I'll discuss next week. And a quick final point. If your firm choice is a fully unconditional offer, you won't get an insurance choice, as you won't need it. Once you firmly accept an unconditional offer, the place is yours. So in summary, don't rush your decision. Make sure you fully understand your offers and what it will take to meet the conditions. Research your choices thoroughly and then make your first choice your firm choice, and finally have a sensible, rock-solid offer as your insurance choice. See, not so complicated after all. So moving on to this week's Did You Know? Well, it's not all that long until those of you in your final year at school will be getting ready to head off to university. Most of you are going to have to start taking on all sorts of tasks that, let's face it, your parents have been doing for you for the last 18 years without you even noticing. Well, I've come across a couple of fantastic resources that can help you prepare. Firstly, check out From High School to Uni. That's www.fromhighschooltouni.com, Created by Philippa Dobry-Cary, Carey. is a website, a book and a blog. There's lots of free information on the website and in the regular emails. You can subscribe for lifetime access to loads of other goodies or you can buy the book. Alternatively, you get hold of a copy of the highly recommended Starting University, The Essential Student Guide by Melissa Scallon. It is available in all the usual outlets. Both of these take a highly practical approach to helping you get yourself prepared for life at university. Now we finish with this week's quote of the week, which comes from Derek Sivers. He's an entrepreneur and author. There are three things to consider when making life-size decisions, he says. What makes you happy, what's smart, meaning long-term, good for you, and what's useful to others. We have a tendency to forget one of these. Now, this is a variation on the ideas I covered in episode 9, all about ikigai. But you can apply this to pretty much all of life's big decisions, and perhaps it is a bit easier to remember. So next time you're faced with a big decision, just remember, whatever you do, be happy, be smart, and be useful. Coming up next week, UCAS Extra and Clearing, a failsafe for the unexpected. Thanks for listening. See you next time.